Before we start today's episode, we just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. Things that we talk about in this episode, they're pretty serious, pretty heavy topics, but that being said, we are speaking exclusively from our own experiences, research that we've done on our own, and mostly personal experiences. We are not medical professionals. We are not giving expert advice. For those of you out there who do struggle with depression, anxiety, other mental disorders, contact your primary care physician. Um, We encourage you to get the help that you need. We both speak very highly of therapy. It's been great for both of us, so we would highly encourage that. But um, protect yourself, take care of yourself, and you are not alone in this world. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Laughing Through the Pain podcast. I'm your host, Eleanor. I'm Marianne. And you might have heard the disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, and we're kind of getting back into the rhythm of uh, more serious topics. I mean, I guess the last three episodes were serious topics, because we just did a series on toxic relationships. That. So today we are covering uh, depression. Both of us suffer with it. Yay! (laughs) Um, So we'll kind of just go through um, a couple of bullet points. You all know the drill. Format. Uh, um, (laughs) Anywho. (laughs) Format. Uh, The first point we have, um, just to kind of get everything going um is when did your depression start my depression started in high school um that's really when i started experiencing a lot of the symptoms and then the lesser known symptoms which we'll discuss later in the episode i could even go far back and say hmm I could even go as far back as, say, junior high school. Mm. I struggled with depression. Um, But, of course, I was 12, 13 years old. I had no idea what it was, you know, what depression really was. Um, I was a teenager. I had a lot of hormones. (laughs) So it's hard to to say. But high school is when I really started struggling with it. Um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was 18. Mm. And out of high school. But yeah, high school was a pit. <laughs> it was an absolute pit. And it, it brought out the absolute worst of me mm. and my surroundings. Just ugh. And ten years later, <laughs> I'm still struggling. Still suffer. Super exciting. Um, for me personally, <clears throat> the earliest that I can really remember, I want to say I was probably like 14 either 13 or 14. Um, I just remember, like, I used to write down a lot of stuff in regards to my feelings and stuff like that. Uh, recently I went back <laughs> and, um, read some of those notes because I still have them. And oh yeah, I was like, wow, what kind of dark <laughs> mental state was I in <laughs> when I was 14? Um, so that's as early as I can remember. Um, I didn't really know it was depression until I started therapy. Um, and when did I even start therapy? It's been like two years now, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just about. <clears throat> yeah, because it was early. Early 2020. Um, either earlier or mid. No. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I remember you were having trouble because um, everything was virtual. And you were like, I don't want it to be virtual. I would rather it be in person. Did I start virtual? I can't remember if you started virtual, but I do remember oh, talking about. I think I wrote down. This isn't probably the exact date, <clears throat> but. Let's see if I can find it. I started in June of 2020. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. Because I wrote in, I started therapy on the 4th of this month. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's when I. Quite specific. That's when I started. Um, Because I was like, I know I have it written down somewhere. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so like I didn't really, 
I guess I didn't really acknowledge that I was depressed because I had never had like a formal diagnosis. So I was just kind of like, lol, I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) We're just angsty teens and angsty people. Pretty much. Um, So yeah, I didn't really like acknowledge that it was depression until I started therapy. Um, So yeah, the earliest I can remember is 20, no, not 20, uh, I was 14, so. Yay, teen years. Yay, teen years. Yay. <laughs> I would not relive them if you paid me. <laughs> I'd literally just, no. So earlier you talked about um, how we both speak very highly of therapy. Um, have we been to therapy? Uh, what are good things about it? Um, what are bad things about it? I have been in therapy, although back in the day, I would not attend my sessions regularly. Mm. Um, I really didn't like opening up about what I was going through. I remember seeing this guy in the psychology department, and he had me fill out this like emotional mental survey thing. And I'll never forget the follow-up meeting with him. He kind of looked at me like you need you need help like real help oh, you gosh. have so much anger and of course that made me so angry that i just didn't go back mm. <laughs> but cuz i was like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about Ree! but <laughs> i'm not angry <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i had a really hard time being vulnerable in front of other people um i am really wanting to get back into therapy now that I'm older Mm -hmm. and I recognize how helpful it is and I actually want the help um so yeah see that's that's the thing about therapy though like you need to want the help right if you go in and you're reserved you hide things you lie about things you downplay things why are you even there yeah you are there to get broken into a million pieces so that you can be rebuilt yeah my therapist (laughs) she told me um so I've, I've actually been to two therapists um and that's kind of where we get into the good and the bad of therapy um your therapist matters a lot to your healing process mm. um with my first therapist um she was good for a little while like good for that season but she just didn't i don't know how to put it there there came a point where her kind of method wasn't helping and i kind of felt like i it was just the same thing every time i went And she wasn't, like, it's hard for me to, like, open up about something more than once. Like, the first time it comes up, I'm like, okay, I'm more willing to talk and open about something. Um, But it's hard to bring it up a second time. And that's where I think I got stuck for a lot of the points in, in going to that therapist. Because, like, she would take notes on stuff that I would say. But she would never be the one to, like, revisit stuff. Mm. And, like, even when I didn't, like, which sometimes that's okay of, like, oh, I don't have anything. Or, excuse me, oh, something happened this week that I want to talk about. And we can't get to that other thing, which is, like, fine. Um, But it would be, like, I wouldn't really have much to talk about. And she would like just wouldn't bring stuff up again and I was just like eh, I don't know what to do about this <laughs> and Help so me. after after like a year I think of seeing her um and once I'd gotten to that point of like just talking about my like week to week stuff like I wasn't budging in any way nothing was happening internally So, um, at some point, I decided to get a new therapist. Um, and that change was, like, amazing. Because, for one, having my previous therapist gave me more of an idea of what I wanted in a therapist. 
So when I sought out someone else, I knew what I was looking for. And, like, that can be hard, like, if you've never been to therapy before and you don't know what you're looking for. But I would encourage people, if you're looking into therapy, um, don't just, like, jump in with whoever they assign you to. Um, Always, like, take the time to think about what do I need? Like, do I need someone who's going to be more active in my healing process? Do I need someone who is like more like the therapist that I had before? You know, it just depends um, on your own needs. And it's also important to be honest with the person on the phone who you call to kind of get the ball rolling with everything. Um, because they'll, they'll ask you, I didn't know this before I started therapy, but they'll ask you, like, what are some of the reasons you're coming to therapy so that they can obviously pair you with someone who they think will help. Hmm. Um, I was unprepared for that question. (laughs) So I kind of just gave a really vague, very generalized answer. You're like, you tell me. (laughs) That's why I'm here. Right. What's wrong with me? But yeah, going in with like an idea of, of what you want in a therapist and why you're even going. Like, do you have trauma? Are you depressed? Um, do you suffer with severe anxiety or anything like that? So that's just kind of my two cents. Um, but yeah, since I've started with my, my therapist that I'm with now, like, she's awesome. Love her so much. Um, she's been really helpful. Um, just in like, in every way that I <laughs> needed assistance. Mm. <laughs> so like, that's been really awesome. So I know a lot of people have kind of bad experiences with therapy, but I just encourage you that like, if you think you need therapy, you probably do. Um, <laughs> but it's worth, it's worth giving it a shot at least for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just have to, be open and honest with them. They're, the information you tell them isn't going to go anywhere. Right. Um, and, like, it's hard to really, like, comprehend, but they're not there to judge you for how you feel or anything like that. They're there to help you to get through life. So that's my whole therapy spiel. <laughs> I like it. Did you mention the uh, bads of therapy? Because I don't have nearly as much experience as you do mm. when it comes to therapy. So I think you might be able to speak of the uh, the negatives. Mm. Um, yeah, I kind of already touched on it. But when you have the wrong therapist, and that can be bad. Um, it was just more of like, I didn't agree with her methods. They were very like, new age type stuff and like for me personally like a lot of what I talked about involved God like that's a big part of my life like straight up and I could just tell that when I talked about it like she didn't really not that she didn't care about what I had to say about it but it was just like she didn't understand. Right. If you have a religious upbringing like you had, like I had, and you go to someone who's more, um, who has more of a secular upbringing, a secular background, then they might not meet you where you need to be met. Mm-hmm. Um, and same if, if you don't have a religious background and you go to someone with a religious background, you know. It's, it's the same thing, you know, they're going to speak into areas that don't really pertain to you, or you're going to speak into areas that aren't really their expertise or their experience. So it is important to know the background, mm. at least the general background, not the specifics necessarily, but the general background of your therapist and make sure that it's common grounds mm. with what you're used to. Mm. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure, for sure. Okay. 
How does depression affect your daily life? Oh, boy, does it ever. <laughs> oh, boy. Not just daily life, hourly life, minutely life. It's just it, it affects everything. It's like a blanket. It just, it covers everything. Mm. No matter what you do, it's just like, here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to destroy your thinking. Mm-hmm. This Again, this is just from my experience, but um, I'm an extrovert. I am social. We have a community, and I love being part of the community. When I am going through a depressive episode, um, especially, you know, during lady time, mm-hmm. when I'm going through an excessive amount of hormones, when I'm going through a depressive episode, it turns into this really dark cycle where I'm not feeling well, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling anxious, so I withdraw. But... As y'all know, extroverts who withdraw are going to, you know, they're going to experience low energy. And that can translate into sadness. So withdrawing causes more sadness, which causes more of a withdrawal, which mm-hmm. causes more sadness. So it just spirals downward and it reaches the point where I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go hang out with my friends. I don't want to go to group. Um, I just want to lay in my bed. Mm-hmm. And do nothing and think of nothing and talk to nobody and just kind of exist. Mm. I'm not living. I'm not thriving. I'm just existing. Mm. I'm just there. Mm. And that, that affects a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That hurts a lot for someone who needs to be around people in order to thrive and have energy and feel positive. Yep. (laughs) I saw something once that there was a bunch of people who um, suffered with depression and it it was like a study of some sorts. I can't remember exactly, but they were all asked the question of what would you do to make your life as miserable as possible? Mm. And the, the answers were like, um withdraw from friends and family, like, talk down on themselves. Um, Like, all this, like, stuff that's really common when you have depression. Mm. And all of them realized that the stuff that they were saying is stuff that they were doing. Wow. And then I I also saw something once that said... um, I don't know if this was related to depression or not, but uh, there's like a tendency to pun like punish ourselves um, by depriving ourselves of our primary love languages. Mm. I remember telling, or I remember you talking to me about this yeah. some time ago. Yeah. And my love language is quality time. <laughs> so I would <laughs> deprive myself, you would deprive yourself of quality time. Although I have to say you are a lot better at pushing through and sticking it out and going to group regardless of how you feel. Yeah, that's like that's something that my <laughs> my therapist has she's like commended me for that. Um cuz she's like like good on you for still doing things. Mhm. You are loyal. You are loyal to your friends. You're loyal to your community. You're loyal to your responsibilities. So you're a very loyal gal, (laughs) my sister. It's more of just like, I'm good at following my routines. (laughs) That's a huge thing for me. I'm so glad you said that. It's a huge thing for me because I have my daily routine. Mm -hmm. I'm flexible, but I'm also a planner. I like having a schedule. And if I have things on my schedule, it makes me happy. Like today, I had the schedule on my schedule to do our podcast. And later, I'm going to go play Mario Party with some friends. Um, Later this week, um, I get to house sit. Mm. I get to get coffee with a friend. I get to get dinner with another friend. So I like having things on my schedule because it gives me something to look forward to. Mm. So if my routine gets messed up, if my schedule changes, that makes me really anxious. Mm -hmm. 
And that causes me to withdraw. Well, I would rather just not do anything. Mm. Yeah. For me personally, um, how depression affects my daily life, um, I don't really understand how this works. But, like, I have the ability to get out of bed, go to work, go see friends. And at work, I can be productive and get stuff done and stuff like that. But if I am at home, getting stuff done and being productive is so hard. Like, hmm. for for an example, uh, keeping my room clean is super hard to do for me. Like, doing laundry, keeping my room clean is just difficult. Like, and I don't know, like, why my body's just like, you can't do that. (laughs) Mm. And, like, it's hard to explain, and it makes me feel lazy. Because I just feel like I have an inability to do it. Interesting. We just need a big house. And then you can have your bedroom where you relax and rest and binge watch YouTube videos. And then you have an office Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we need to associate one room with uh, sleeping and rest and then a different room, like an office, as productivity and getting stuff done. Mm. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that just came to mind. Like, Mm. what if we just associate our rooms with downtime? I mean, that is kind of, that is a thing. Like, they tell you not to do work or anything in your bed, or even in your room sometimes. Mm, that makes sense. then your your body associates bed not with sleep, but with work. That makes sense. We, we can easily rewire our brains like that. Where it's like, ooh, bed, productivity. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what do you wish others... I wrote other new. uh. (laughs) (laughs) What do you wish others knew about you regarding your depression? What do I wish others knew? Um, I wish that in general, people wouldn't associate depression with just being moody, Mm. just PMSing just being sad, just being in a bad mood. Like, depression is a very real thing. It is a mental disorder. Mm. It is, it's an emotional sickness. It's not just me being grumpy. Mm. Because I've been told that before. Just stop being sad. Just be more positive. Oh. Just be happy. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get right down, right down. Oh, my depression's cured. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> when someone tells you to just be positive and your <laughs> depression is cured. Yay. Just the sad cat. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the old man, like, with his arms in the air, like, yay. (laughs) Hold on, let me find it. Oh, is it that, like, old guy who, like, he's, like, smiling, but he looks like he's gonna cry? (laughs) Yes. Old man in pain. Oh, yeah, yeah, him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, hide the pain, Harold. Hide the pain, Harold. (laughs) Yes. When someone tells you to just be positive and your depression's gone, Yay. Um, because I am a very positive person. Anyone who's around me can tell you that. Anyone who doesn't even know me that well, who has just been in my presence for five minutes, knows that I am a Valentine's Day card hitting you in the face. (laughs) A ray of sunshine stabbing you in the eyes like, oh, you're so bright. Stop. Tone it down. And that's not only because of your skin. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) That's not a racist thing, by the way. She's just very pale. <laughs> I am Irish. So. <laughs> yes, I am Irish. I am not, I'm not even pale. I'm translucent. <laughs> like, you can see my veins when I go out into the sun. Um, that was a bunny trail. Where were we? Sorry, I don't, you were talking about being uh, overly positive. Oh, yeah. So I am a super, super positive person. One of my gifts is exhortation and encouragement, you know? Um, so it almost, I don't know. I, how do I word this? It's like 
I feel like if I'm sad, then I'm going to be letting people down. Like, Mm. I'm supposed to be the positive one. People are counting on me to be the positive one, to be happy, to be encouraging, to exhort other people. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I don't want people to see me sad because I want everyone to know, hey, I'm the happy one. I'm the positive one. I've been through so much and you'd think I'd be stronger. You'd think I'd be able to handle this better. Mm. So being vulnerable terrifies me. Like, I don't like being vulnerable in front of other people, (laughs) which is why instead of going out and acting like everything's okay, I would rather just withdraw into the shadows where I can be sad and lonely by myself. Mm. Not always the best solution. Almost almost never the best solution. There has not been a single night where I haven't felt like going out, but I go out and then I regret it. Mm. There have been nights where... When I stay home mm-hmm. and I regret not going out. Yeah. Um, like this past Friday, mm. um, I missed group and I was having such bad anxiety. Oh, and yeah, you were texting me about mm-hmm. that. I had such a bad panic attack. I felt like something bad was going to happen because I wasn't there. Mm. But that's anxiety. <laughs> we should do another episode just about anxiety <laughs> because boy, howdy. <laughs> Um, Something else that I wish people knew about depression is it's not just being sad. It's not just having the big sads. Like, I have the big sad, SAD, seasonal affective disorder. (laughs) I have that. I experience um, depression in the wintertime, in the colder months when the sun isn't shining as much. Um, But depression, more often than not, isn't just experiencing sadness. It's experiencing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking about earlier. It's not just the boo-hoos. You know, it's just existing. Uh-huh. Like, I am alive. I have a heartbeat. I am here on this earth. That's it. That's the extent of my existence is I just am. Mm. And that's how I feel. When you're depressed, you don't want to engage in your normal hobbies. Like, I'm a reader. When I'm depressed, I don't want to touch any books. Mm-hmm. I don't want to journal. I don't want to see my friends. I don't want to do anything except lay in bed mm. and just feel nothing. Maybe I don't feel happy. Maybe I don't feel sad necessarily. It's just like a nothing, just like a blah. Mm-hmm. Just eh. And that's worse to me. I would rather feel something to the greatest extent than feel meh. Yeah. That was like when I was young. Um, it happens from time to time now, um, but, you know, adolescence and you have a lot of hormones because mm-hmm. you're going through the lovely thing of puberty. Um, Gross. But I, like, felt nothing so often. And obviously I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't even remember, like, what I thought about. I just thought, like... Like, why do I feel nothing? But I wasn't going to, like, tell people about it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, is this weird? Like, are they going to be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Just buck up. Yeah. So I kept I, I kept it in for a very, very long time. Ugh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't um, keep stuff inside. Yeah, tell it someone. Is, it is better to talk about it than to keep it in. Um, get out of your own head about it. Yeah, that's a good, good advice. Um, for me personally, what I wish others knew, um, I I think a lot of people don't (laughs) really see that I have depression or that I'm depressed probably 90% of the time Mm. because I get out of bed. I go places. I still go to work. Like, but, like, deep inside, as soon as I'm, like, out of those environments, then I could just lay in bed for hours Mm. and, like, do nothing. Or, like, I don't know, watch YouTube for just hours on end. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the times it comes across like I'm lazy because, like, once I get home, once I'm in my space where I feel like I can just exist. 
Like, I don't want to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I feel incapable <laughs> of doing anything else. And I think that, like, that doesn't really translate over to other people. They're like, oh, you're just, you know, like I said earlier, you're just being lazy. Mm. Like, like, it shouldn't be that hard to just exist and to do laundry or pick up clothes off my floor. But there are days, more often than not, where it feels like the most impossible feat. Just to put clothes in a in the laundry room and like wash stuff like it's still it's it sounds stupid, but it's it's just hard to do that. It doesn't sound stupid. So I just wish pe- more people understood that part of it. Like depression isn't just laying in bed for hours and hours, and like to the point where you can't even go to work or like you know can't see people like mm-hmm. you experience more of that than i do mm-hmm. and i think a lot more people would be like oh yeah uh i forgot what your name is or <laughs> <laughs> no who am i <laughs> i don't know who i am anymore <laughs> mary yeah. i almost said your actual name and i was <laughs> like oh <laughs> like i think people can look at Marianne and go, oh, she's depressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Depression wears many masks. Yeah. It has many disguises. Just because Eleanor is out and about and being productive and getting stuff done doesn't mean you don't have depression. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yuppers, so, poppers. I just wish more people knew that and, like, didn't just think, oh, she's lazy. Blah. Mm-hmm. I guess we already hit on why depression isn't just being sad if you wanted to add anything mm. in contribution. Cause I don't we just think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can just quickly bullet point it. But, okay. like, it it's, the, it's feeling nothing, feeling empty. A lot, I think, I don't know if you've experienced this, but, like, the feeling of you don't really want to die, but you don't really want to be living. Yep. That's how I felt on uh, Friday. Mm. It was just like a... You know, I'm on my way home, and I'm not going to deliberately do anything to take my own life, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if someone just hit my car and oh, my car flipped, yeah. you know? Yep. It's I've like, I'm not going to... that before. I don't want to go out of my way and do it, but, like, if I died tragically in a violent accident, I wouldn't complain, you know? <laughs> yeah. How can you complain when you're dead, right? <laughs> but, Yeah. That I that is so relatable. Yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, it's not just a big sad. It's like nothing. I oh, I just remembered. So when I when I started therapy, my therapist had me fill out a sheet. Mm-hmm. It was this big, like all this paperwork. Um, actually no, this was after the paperwork. This was when we were doing um a teletherapy session. Um, after I had started. Mm. And it was kind of, it was like a depression evaluation sheet. Mm -hmm. And there was a question that was like, how often do you feel like crying? And one of, it was like, it was a pretty small scale, but it was like, not at all, or occasionally, or like, all the time. And I was like, I feel both of these things at the same time. Mm. Like... The feeling like I'm gonna cry, but I'm also like just kind of numb. Very interesting. Yeah, depression has a lot of ugly faces. It yep. can be I wanna scream and cry and throw things at the wall, but I wanna do that all on the inside, you know? <laughs> Oof, yeah. For sure. Is depression just a fancy word for being bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in there because <laughs> I love The Office, and also because, yeah, it's not just a fancy word for being bummed out, but a lot of people think it is. Yep. Oh, you're depressed? What do you have to be depressed about? Do you live in a hut in a third world country and eat nothing for dinner but bugs and rocks? (laughs) It's like, no, anybody, anybody in this world 
can be subject to depression. Mm. It's a mental thing. Depression doesn't care if you're rich or if you're poor or if you're popular. Depression can hit anybody at any time. Yeah. At any age. I know that there's statistics that say, like, women suffer from depression more than men or this age rage experiences depression more often than this one. But in spite of all the statistics and that lovely data that we have out there, bottom line is depression can hit anybody. True. Anybody can get it. Anybody can be diagnosed. Doesn't matter what your social status is, what your health is. Nobody's immune, necessarily, Mm -hmm. to depression. Yep. Although I wish I had looked at some of those statistics before we started. Ah. Because. That would have been interesting. I love stats. Stats. Stonks. (laughs) what are some of the signs of depression that get overlooked (laughs) most of them (laughs) like you were just talking about earlier you're out and about and doing your regular routine you're still suffering from depression but a lot of your symptoms can be overlooked or um misdirected because of something else that's wrong with you Mm. well how do you mean misdirected like Oh, um, she has a, like, I get migraines. I'm Ah. a migraine sufferer. Um, and my migraines can be attributed to a lot of different things. Stress or, um, my thyroid disorder, you know, dehydration, um, my posture, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if I have a migraine, it's easy to be like, oh, well, you're just stressed. Or you're just dehydrated. Drink more water. And it's like, no, it can be caused by a number of things. Mm. Same with depression. So it's like, um, for example, uh, increased irritability. That's the biggest one. And that's what I experience a lot. People can say, oh, you know, you're, you're just on your period. Uh, you know, you're just on your period. That's you're, so annoying when you're, people say that. You're just, you're just PMSing. And it's like, mm, well, yes, maybe. But that's also, like, don't just write it off. Um... A lack of patience and generally feeling annoyed at peoples and situations in your life. Did I say peoples? I did. I said peoples. Mm-hmm. Peoples and situations in your life that would typically roll off of you. Mm. So, like, I'm a super positive person. And if things happen, it's easy for me to just be like, eh, shake it off. It's not worth it. It's not worth getting upset. But when I'm depressed and I'm driving home and someone speeds up to get ahead of me and we end up at the same red light together, I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you ended up at the same red light as me. Was it worth it? And then I'm like, where in the world did that splurge of emotions come from? Like, what in the world? And then I just get, like, these bursts of anger. Like, when I saw that guy from the university, and he said, you have severe anger issues. I think he used the word severe. Uh. I got mad at him, and I stormed out of his office, and I never went back. Like, yeah. Um, but people can... There's not a clue in there or yeah. something. <laughs> it, can, it can be a misdirect. Like, oh, you're just you're just cranky. You didn't get enough sleep. Mm. You haven't drank enough water today. You need more vitamin D. You need to go outside. And it's like, yeah, I need to go outside. <laughs> However, it's not a, oh, just fill in the blank. Mm. You know, it's like my migraines. Oh, you just need to drink more water. Oh, just take some ibuprofen. It's like... You think I haven't tried that? (laughs) Hey, look at me getting angry again. (laughs) Um, Others may view it as a moodiness or attribute it to a time of high stress. Oh, you're just stressed. It's like, oh, thanks. I haven't noticed. (laughs) Um, Eating too much or too little can suggest the presence of depression. Mm. Uh, Some people turn to food for comfort while others lose their appetite. Or eat less due to low mood. Yeah, I think that's something else. I feel like we're, we're on kind of both ends of the spectrum. We are? Because um, you lose your appetite. Yep. I do not eat when I'm depressed. And I can tend to overeat a lot of the time. Isn't it crazy how it can affect people so differently? Yeah, right? It's super interesting. Like, I have gone for days without eating. Really? Mm-hmm. And of course... Because of that, I have the low energy mm. that I don't feel like. So, doesn't help with your thyroid either. Really doesn't. I have an overactive thyroid, and that contributes to a lot of my health problems. So, I'm just on a journey right now. <laughs> <laughs> Changes in sleep habits sleeping too much or too little. Oh. Again, yeah. I sleep 
a lot when I'm depressed. And I don't. And you don't. <laughs> Physical pains, backache, digestive problems, headaches. Mm. You know me. <laughs> I suffer from headaches. I suffer from migraines. They're caused by a number of different things. And sometimes it can just be plain old depression. Stop telling me to take ibuprofen. <laughs> just take some Tylenol. Uh, I actually didn't know that there were physical things. It's crazy, right? To go with depression. I guess I don't. I've never noticed. Emotional pain and stress can manifest itself physically. So you can have like muscle aches, mm. stiff joints. Vision problems are pretty common. Um, I I will get like ear aches. Like, when I'm depressed, my ears will hurt. I have no explanation for it other than depression. <laughs> um, depression has been linked to memory problems, forgetfulness, confusion. I get this a lot. Me too. <laughs> it can make it difficult to work on... I'm stupid. <laughs> it can make it difficult to focus on work or other tasks, make decisions, or think clearly. Mm. Dude, have, do I ever, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the other thing that, like, I feel like also can, like, make me feel lazy, of, like, if someone asks me to do something in the house, and, like, more often than not, I will forget about it, and it's not because I don't care about whatever it is. I'm not trying to, like, disrespect anybody, but it's just, I just forget. Mm -hmm. And I can't help it. And, like, I, I noticed when I was younger, I had a great memory. I did really well in school, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, I wasn't very forgetful, from what I can recall. Um... But I realized when I was 20 how much I forgot stuff, like people's birthdays, mm. tasks that I was supposed to do in the day. Um, and it's, it's not because I don't care about, like, someone's birthday. I just, if it's not on my calendar, I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Because it's not somewhere where I can reference and, like, see it. And then it's just stuck there where I can remember it. Like, I have started keeping a more strict calendar than I used to of things I do in my day. Um, because of that reason. Because otherwise, if it's not on my calendar, I will not remember. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. It runs in my family. Mm. I used to get really annoyed when I was younger, with my mom forgetting things. Mm. I would tell her something, and then a week later I would readdress it, and she would say, I don't remember that conversation. And it was frustrating to me. Now that I'm older, I understand, and mm. I have more uh, compassion and sympathy mm. for her because I totally get it. <laughs> so um, specifically I read that depression can lead to short-term memory loss. Uh -huh. Dory syndrome. <laughs> um, and there will be things that people say to me um, for example, at work, if I'm given a task and instruction, if I don't do that task right away, mm -hmm. I will forget it within like 15 minutes. There was one time when, um, we were doing some sort of like emergency drill and I was told, grab the bag that has the key from the office so that we can get back into the building because our doors are locked during the day. Um, so we can't get back in without a key if we go outside naturally for safety and it totally, it, I just, I lost it. Mm. If I had gone and just grabbed the bag right then after she told me to go get the bag, it wouldn't have been an issue. But because it was like in an hour, mm. you know, it was like an hour later and we were evacuating and I, I completely forgot the key. And I was like, oops, sorry. <laughs> so uh. someone else had to let us back in. So I'm like you. I need, even for my day-to-days, I need reminders mm -hmm. reminders on my phone help so much oh yeah i'll be like remind me in an hour to take this or remind mm -hmm. me in 30 minutes to do this if i know i need to do something after work like yesterday i was going to target mm. um 
as soon as I woke up, I was like, hey, Siri, remind me at 1230, I need to go to Target. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then 1230 came. And what I find interesting is if I write something down or set a reminder in my phone or use my phone's calendar, just the act of writing it down <gasps> yeah. helps a lot. Dude, I was just like, just thinking about that. Like... <laughs> Like, even though it's in my calendar, and I'm the one who put it there, nine times out of ten, I'll still remember. I will remember it. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if it's just typing into my phone. Yep. I have a chiropractor appointment at this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though I don't really remember the exact time, the the, the fact that it's, like, I'm like, oh, I have an appointment on this day. You remember saying it. I remember putting it into my calendar. I'm about to list a number um, that gives you a free call and consultation from Now Mental Health. It will help you find a trusted mental health treatment center um, in your area. It is free of charge nationwide and available 24-7. The number is 1-844-395-1271. Again, that is 1-844-395-1271. And they specify... Relief from depression, anxiety, eating disorders, help with PTSD, OCD, schizophrenia, and more. Mm. Mental recovery is possible. Mm. Healing is possible. But you have to decide for yourself and take those steps for yourself. First and foremost, by admitting, I need help. That's the most important step. It's a big step in the right direction. You are not alone in this world. Millions of people suffer from depression. Millions have been diagnosed. So think of how many people have depression who haven't been diagnosed. Mm -hmm. You have millions of people in this country alone who suffer from it. And not just depression. Anxiety, bipolar disorder. Uh Others. (laughs) (laughs) Anxiety. Men. Others. Others. Yes, I managed to squeeze it in right at the end of the episode. I have a goal to make that quote, to reference that every episode. Yeah, I don't think we have for the last couple. Well, I have to make up for it. (laughs) Um, If you're, like, seeking help shouldn't be embarrassing. Mm. If you're embarrassed of, like, oh, I'm in therapy, Mm. (laughs) like like don't other people's opinions don't matter going to therapy is not for insane people or crazy people Uh it's recently taken up this connotation maybe not even recently maybe it's always had the connotation of well i'm in therapy so i must be insane Mm. it's like no Let's erase that stereotype. Therapy is for everyone who needs it. Yes. Uh, I also wanted to just briefly touch on um, the aspect of medication. Um, Hmm. I've not been on medication, and I don't think you have either. Um, I mean, I have considered it, but it's been a process. (laughs) Um, But sometimes... All you need is therapy, and medication isn't going to help. Um, if you have a loss in your family, medication's not going to help. That is real grief that you need to deal with. And if you need help from a therapist, then 100% go for it. Um, some people just need medication. No amount of therapy will help um like my i've heard a few stories from people of like they've been in therapy forever and then as soon as they went on medication they didn't need therapy anymore and then also there's people who need both and all options are valid um be i would only say if you're considering medication be mindful um, your body needs time to adjust to what you're inputting into your body. Mm. And with that might come more extreme depression in that process before you can kind of 
even yourself out, so to speak. Um, so if you are considering medication and you're finding yourself in a place of kind of a worse depression than when you started, or if you have, um, like suicidal thoughts, tell your therapist and work out a plan because that mindset, that the, the way that you're feeling in that moment isn't going to last forever. And I really, truly hope that that people can get the help that they need and that they will not resort to taking their own life. Mm. I've attempted twice. I have attempted twice to take my own life, and I am so thankful that both times were thwarted. Mm. Because there was there was a life just waiting for me. And I had to take those steps towards recovery and towards mm-hmm. healing. And it's a long journey. It doesn't happen overnight. No plant blossoms year-round. Yeah. Growth takes time. So hold on. Hope stands for hold on. Pain ends. <laughs> so have hope. I'm making the heart sign with my hands. You can't see it. But my <laughs> I can sister can. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. And I know, like, a lot of, like... This is probably very cliche of people saying it gets better, but it really does. I've experienced times where I was like, this is never going to end. This is never going to get better. Why am I even here? But every time I've just held out and just waited for something more just to make sure... Like, I'm not going to miss out on things going on. Um, It has always gotten better. Not forever. <laughs> like, it's been an up and down kind of process. But the state that you're in now won't last forever. Even even though you probably feel like in, in the midst of it, it's never going to end. Mm. I promise you it will. You just have to have hope in the future and just remember that the pain never lasts. Mm-hmm. All temporary. Mm-hmm. I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we have to end Let's this first. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um... That is all we have for this episode. Um, like we said at the beginning, uh, we are not mental health professionals. We are speaking only from personal experience. Um, if you or someone you know is in a crisis, um, seek out help. And there are resources out there to help you. Yeah. So. This has been the Laughing Through the Pain podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel called Eleanorium, and yeah, uh, rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next week. Mwah. Mwah.